Welcome to the Empowering Family Health Podcast, brought to you by your host, Joanne Callahan. In a world of disempowered and struggling families, it is my hope to bring you inspiration, information and support to take back control of your life and live an empowered, healthy and happy life. We'll be interviewing parents, doctors, health experts and professionals in all areas of health and well-being and my aim is to transform you into the masters of your family's future. This is episode two of the Empowering Family Health podcast and today we're going to be talking about the science of sleep and sleep is a really important and a favorite topic of mine because Sleep is very vital for our health and well-being. On today's show, we're going to be looking at what is sleep and why is sleep so important. And we will be looking at the consequences of sleep deprivation. Why is dreaming so important? And we're also going to be having a look at what affects our sleep patterns and how does it affect falling asleep? So all that on this show. But first, I want to tell you about a very special person who is responsible for the whole field of sleep medicine. And he actually died just recently. His name is Dr. William DeMont. He was a leader of sleep science and he died on the 17th of June at the age of 91. He was an American sleep researcher and he was known for his work in sleep deprivation and the diagnosis and treatment of sleep disorders. And he was the founder of the Sleep Research Centre at Stanford University. And his work led to this whole development, as I said, of the field of sleep medicine. And without this incredible man, we would not have the scientific information about the vital necessity of sleep and diagnosing and treating sleep disorders. Dr. DeMont founded the Sleep Research Centre, the world's first sleep laboratory at Stanford University, where he was on the faculty for the last 50 years plus. And he is often referred to as the American father of sleep medicine for all his pioneering work and his dedication to what he really cared about and was so passionate about. And a favourite quote of mine from Dr. William DeMont, you're not healthy unless your sleep is healthy. And this is so true. We need sleep on so many levels, our physical health, emotional health and our mental health. There is not one bodily process that does not benefit from sleep. In 1964, Dr. DeMont started a narcolepsy clinic in the Stanford University where he was able to demonstrate that narcolepsy involves disordered REM sleep processes. Now, narcolepsy is a chronic sleep and neurological disorder where the person experiences this overwhelming drowsiness during the daytime and has sudden attacks of sleep. And in 1970, the narcolepsy clinic, it evolved into a full sleep disorders clinic. And this was the first ever in the world. And he was also responsible for a commission report called Wake Up America, a national sleep alert. And as a result of his continued efforts, 
to create this awareness of public health hazards or insufficient sleep. He also highlighted the lack of knowledge and education on sleep and the lack of information on sleep disorders to the public. And out of that report, the National Centre on Sleep Disorders Research, which is in the National Heart, Lung and Blood Institute at the National Institutes of Health, was created. And this centre continues currently to help coordinate sleep research and offer education on sleep. And one of Dr. DeMont's well-known courses, Sleep and Dreams, it was voted the most popular class at Stanford University and had up to 800 students attending this course. So many people have better and more productive lives now because of his passion for his research and his work with his patients and students and his push on the awareness that he created through this Wake Up America project. And he really has saved thousands and thousands of lives by his ability to teach others about sleep. And he is the man of our dreams, quite literally, helping so many to understand this misunderstood biological and physiological phenomenon we call sleep. So what is sleep? Well, until the 1950s, we thought sleep was just this unconscious process and very little was known about sleep until Dr. William DeMont did an experiment on his son. And what he did was he wired his son up to this machine, which enabled him to look at his brainwaves when he slept. And he was in a different room monitoring his brainwaves and he noticed that they were getting more active after about 90 minutes of him falling asleep. And when he went into the bedroom where his son was sleeping, he found him still asleep and he noticed that his eyes were moving back and forth. And this was when he discovered REM sleep and dreaming and that sleep is a series of different processes. So DeMont's work showed that sleep is not just one state, there are several different stages of sleep. And DeMont was the first person to record a human sleeping for an entire night. And this was the first full polysomnogram, which is now actually the main procedure of sleep research and sleep medicine. And he studied many subjects with the electroencephalogram, which is the EEG. And it was during this time that he discovered and he named the five stages of sleep and the 90 minute REM and non-REM cycle. So what is the five stages of sleep? Well, the five stages of sleep occurs many times during the nighttime and it takes about 90 minutes for the five stages to cycle. So stage one, stage two, these are a very light stage of sleep and this is the process when we're actually falling asleep and going deeper and deeper into sleep and our brain waves change as we transition through each of these different sleep uh, stages. Now, stages three and four, these are also known as the deep sleep. So these deep phases of sleep is where we do all our healing and repairing. This is a really vital part of our sleep. And it's where we do a lot of our growing and brain development. Really, really important for children. And then we have the REM cycle, the REM stage of sleep. And REM is also known as rapid eye movement. And it's where we dream. It's most known for for our dreaming. And during REM sleep, our muscles are actually paralyzed. And this is to prevent us from acting out our dreams. So if you're dreaming of running or having a fight with somebody, you don't want to be acting that out in the bed while you're sleeping because you may hurt yourself or your partner. So the body is really, really intelligent and it actually paralyzes the body, the muscles, 
while we are in a REM stage of sleep. So this cycle continues and it takes about 90 minutes, as I said, and it continues about four to five times during the nighttime. And it's really important that we go through each of these stages and complete this cycle. So now that we know what sleep is, why is it so important? Well, sleep is very mysterious. We really have only started studying it in depth in the last 15 to 20 years, and it plays a major role in our mental and our physical health. And really, there is not one bodily process that doesn't benefit from a good night's sleep. And after just one night of bad sleep, you will be tired and cranky and out of sorts. But missing out on the recommended seven to nine hours of sleep for adults does more than just leave you feeling groggy and grumpy. The consequences after just one night of being sleep deprived will leave you with difficulty concentrating, solving problems and making decisions. And you will have a higher risk for injuries and car accidents. And you may not be able to remember things or recall memories as easily. And your immune system will be significantly suppressed and you may be more susceptible to common colds and other viruses. You may be more prone to weight gain because the chemicals that control your hunger are out of balance, which cause you to crave the wrong types of foods and also cause you to overindulge as well. Hormone production is very dependent on your sleep. Testosterone production, you need at least three hours of uninterrupted sleep for it to be produced in sufficient amounts. And we need sleep for the growth hormone to be released, which helps to heal and repair. And also, it's absolutely vital for the development of young children and young babies. And long-term effects increases your risk for obesity and chronic conditions like type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, dementia, heart disease and stroke. Now, we can't survive without sleep. Scientists don't really know why. And there was a really cruel experiment done actually in the United States many years ago with rats and it took two to three weeks without sleep before they actually died and the experimental rats showed severe effects of sleep deprivation they developed skin lesions they ate more and so they consumed more energy but they still experienced significant weight loss and the experimental rats also lost the ability to regulate their body temperature and their immune systems began to shut down. Now, the postmortems showed that really their bodies just gave up. Now, during DeMont's work studying sleep deprivation, he also worked on Randy Gardner in 1964. And many of you may know Randy Gardner, his attempt to break the world record for the longest time without sleep and it succeeded. And we can't survive without sleep, as I said before. And Gardner actually lasted for 11 days. So dreaming and REM sleep, why, why is this so important? Well, REM sleep is important for memory consolidation and also for our mental health. And dreaming is believed to help process our emotions and store relevant information of the day. And it was also discovered that REM sleep is an important stage and the body, it takes priority of REM sleep when you're sleep deprived. And this is called REM rebound. So the amount of REM sleep will increase overall to make up for the lost REM sleep. And in other experiments, when subjects were woken during REM sleep, 
they were shown to perform more poorly on cognitive tasks than those who were awoken during other stages of sleep. And another piece of evidence as well and research that shows REM sleep is important is when students are doing final exams, for example, where there is an increased mental activity, they had more REM sleep than normal. So REM sleep is a really, really important part of our sleep process. So what affects our sleep patterns and how does how does it affect falling asleep? Well, there's two processes really that are responsible for this. There's the circadian rhythm, which is a 24 hour biological process. And then there's our sleep drive, which I'll talk about in a minute. So the circadian rhythm, it's this uh, 24 hour cycle and circadian literally means once a day. So we have two hormones, cortisol and melatonin. And cortisol is naturally highest in the morning time and it dissipates during the daytime. And melatonin, which is our sleep hormone, melatonin is highest in the evening time. And this is the natural cycle of these two hormones and they work inadvertently with each other according to this circadian rhythm cycle. So there is other processes in the body like our body temperature and hormonal um, production which are aligned to this circadian rhythm and our circadian rhythm is really determined by daytime and nighttime. So our eyes have light receptors in them. So through our eyes, we actually detect sunshine or daylight. And this is the cue for our body to know that it's daytime. So all the normal daytime activities occur during the daytime. And then at nighttime, our body knows that it's nighttime and this is when we're sleeping at nighttime. So these two cues of daytime and nighttime, it is what enables the circadian rhythm to function optimally. Now we also have body clocks. So we have the master clock in our brain, which is where it detects this daylight through the eyes, through this light receptor in the eyes. And it goes to this master clock in our brain, which controls all the other body clocks or influences our other body clocks in our body. Now, your circadian rhythm can be thrown off with things like jet lag, for example. So what happens there is your body clocks are actually misaligned with the time zones that you are in. And another thing as well that can throw off your circadian rhythm is we have changes in our circadian rhythm as we age. So in adolescent years, for example, most teenagers experience what's called a sleep phase delay. And this shift in teens' uh, circadian rhythm causes them to naturally feel alert later at night time. And this makes it more difficult for them to fall asleep before 11 o'clock at night, for example. Uh, there was a bill passed in California in 2019, which which pushed back school start times and this law required public middle schools to begin their classes at 8am in the morning or later and high schools to start no earlier than half eight in the morning time because schools were having a massive detrimental impact on teenagers because in the states they were starting school very very early and it was completely misaligned to the biological clocks of teenagers. Now, this has shown significant health and safety benefits to teenagers. 
And it was shown according to the California State Assembly Education Committee in July uh, 2019 that the early school hours were contributing to the number one and number two leading causes of deaths among young people, which were car accidents and suicide. So that is really, really quite significant. So the other process that affects our sleep patterns and falling asleep is our sleep drive. So our sleep drive is like our sleep pressure and it's a build up. So basically, the longer you are awake, the more you are going to feel tired. So while we are awake, our body is processing all these chemical reactions in our body. And the byproduct of that is a chemical called adenosine. So when this adenosine is building up more and more and more, this is what, what is putting a sleep pressure on our body. So when we have the sleep drive or sleep pressure and circadian rhythm both aligned with each other, this creates what's called a sleep window in the evening time. And it's at this time when it is our most ideal time for us to actually go to sleep. So when one or two, one of these two is out of sync or not married up, this is what creates a difficulty in most cases when it comes to falling asleep at night time. So it's pretty significant. And there are many, many things that can cause us to fall out of sync with our circadian rhythm and cause our sleep drive to be affected. And we can get into them in more depth in later episodes. But for now, probably the most important thing that you can do is create a routine for yourself. And one of the best tips I can give is getting up at the same time every morning and going to bed at the same time every night. That's a great start to getting into a routine and helping you keep in sync with your circadian rhythm and your sleep drive. Thank you for joining us on the Empowering Family Health Podcast. If you liked what you heard and you want to hear more, please subscribe to the upcoming cast. And remember to share with your friends so that they too can be empowered.